everyone, you are now listening to The Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we talk about Black entrepreneurism and highlighting Black entrepreneurs who are empowering the community through economic empowerment and with their many talented skills. My name is Tierra Burns, I am your host today, and I have a great episode for you guys. Happy Juneteenth, I feel like I said it already, but I've been saying it all day. Um, but today we have on the show Miss Chef Angela Michelle. She is the founder and owner of Culinary Kisses, where they are inspiring the world to, to shop, cook, eat, and live healthy. Um, we talk about so many things from our ancestral history with eating on top of um on top of she's promoting her new book right now that just came out it's called from the catwalk to the kitchen miss chef angela michelle she began as a um as a a model and now she has brought her power her vigor and her drive to the kitchen and she's using that to empower people as well so i have a wonder this is a wonderful episode i hope i know you guys will enjoy it um have a great listen and i'll catch you guys on the other side your first profession you know is I know that you have a passion for it in your family but is this exactly what you wanted to do or is this something that um that you um that I guess was um came out of your heart initially so it's kind of weird how Mm -hmm. wow so it's been about eight years um and as far as dancing I think you're doing fine you're just dancing in a different way you know you're dancing I guess you can say in the kitchen it's kind of like a cooking is is kind of choreography if you think about it um that's so you're still doing it yeah so you've been doing this for about eight years now um what is one thing that you enjoy the most about what you do? I know that you are, guys, she is an author. She works, serves in the community with uh, her with her business, as well as doing private events. Guys, she does a lot of things. But of all of them, what are some of the things that you enjoy the most? 
enjoyable thing about what I do by far is um, I like to see that spark on someone's face when they may say to me, I don't eat that, I don't like that, you know, it don't taste right to me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, give me a chance, just try it the way I prepare it. And they're like, okay, I'll try it, you know, and, and sometimes it takes a minute, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a couple of different times, but then they'll eventually try it. And I love to see that spark in their eyes when they actually try it, and they're like, oh my God, this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, people think that um vegan veganism and soul food don't match um what is your response and I'm not sure if I told you but I am I was a pescatarian since the age of 15 and then last year I transitioned into straight vegan um now I'm current I'm um I'm a plant-based vegetarian just because I pretty much eat all vegan except for cheese cheese is very difficult for me um but a lot of people think that you cannot uh what do you call it you can't be vegan and eat soul food what is your response to that Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of them. 
and took the time for two years to create these recipes um, because I, I'm still trying to figure them out myself. And one thing that I, um, I'm not sure if you like have a shopping list in your cookbook, but um, one thing I've always been curious about is I think that all everyone who tries to eat, you know, more plant-based, they all have essentials in their pantry. The same way um, us as black folk, we like to have lari seasoning, onion powder, um has to be in the pantry um yeah are there some things in your pantry that you think are essential for someone who wants to try and not eat you know maybe if they're just not even trying to go completely vegan they're trying to maybe sometimes do uh, some vegan meals a week just like a few things that you need in your pantry Yeast mm-hmm. because I use that whenever I want to add a cheesy flavor to something. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when I'm, I, I made air pop popcorn, you know, I do it every day when I still do it. Um, I don't use, I don't like to use a lot of salt. So, I'll use like nutritional yeast and onion powder and garlic powder. And that mm-hmm. goes with a little kick. So, I'll put a little cayenne in there, you know, and I'll mix it all up and sprinkle it on the top of my popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, have garlic I have garlic garlic powder garlic salt sometimes I feel like I'm leaning on it too much but I have to have all of it because you never know how you're gonna season a dish and sometimes if I don't know what to put in it I just throw that in there and it tastes fantastic fantastic now um you mentioned that there are a lot of um health you you, you know you encountered health problems growing up in your family um i as black woman as well i've seen this the same thing which is i which has led me into trying different i guess you can say food not restrictive diets or anything i don't think they're restrictive but food lifestyles um do you do you think that that is a the best way to um, for our community to address some of the health issues that reoccur? Um, I do. I think if we get back to the basics, we'll eliminate a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Look at um, the generations that came before us. Like my grandmother lived a 
she was mighty sick. Yeah, I, my my great grandmother is still alive. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Is she really? Yeah, she's. I think she's ninety. I think she's ninety six. She just hit ninety six a couple of months ago. Yeah, and she looks very young. You would think she was seventy two. Not kidding you. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes from. Like, mm-hmm. they eat a lot of fast food. Like, my, my grandmother, for example, she grew up in Mississippi. And they grew everything. They made everything. They made their own butter. They made their own sausage. Everything yep. came from their field. They grew all sorts of vegetables. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, that was the original plant base. You know, but it wasn't called that. That was organic before me. Organic became like a mainstream word, mm-hmm. but I think if we go back to the basics and really take our diet to a plant-based diet, which you know, like now it has this fancy name, but I mean, our grandmothers did that, our great grandmothers did that. So I think if we just get back to that, and I think that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I actually got a certificate in plant-based nutrition because it focuses on eating a whole food, plant-based diet, and also kind of. conversations with my dad you know I he believes that a lot of these things are just straight genetics and to me I think okay genetics are one thing but I think environment has a lot to do with it um and that in that when I say environment I mean the environment of your kitchen the environment of how you're eating the environment of your lifestyle all of that has a lot to do to you know the outcomes of your health um I think that's something that that's that needs to be um, readjusted and looked at in our community. Um, you know, food is the first medicine. It's the first medicine. They weren't calling it plant-based back then. No, they weren't. They were just eating. They were just feeding themselves. They weren't even thinking about okay, you you need some bread. Okay, we'll make some bread. That's that's it. Um, and and another thing I've even learned. Um, when I when I was a young a young buck, um, when I first you know gained my independence, I you know I I wanted what is I wanted brownies. I think it started with brownies, and I really wanted some brownies. And I don't know what it was, but I looked up a recipe on how to make brownies from scratch. Super easy. It was so easy. All I needed was a tin of cocoa powder and all, everything else was, they were just things I had in my kitchen laying around. They were just laying around. And then that turned into me making my own bread. Super easy. I mean, it took a little bit of elbow grease, you know. I got it done. And then that turned into me making my own lemonade. And I was actually with the um, friend last weekend and she was like oh you know I really want some Kool-Aid and some you know something sweet to drink I'm like oh well do you have some tea bags she said yeah she had some um what did she have she had some blueberry tea and I said okay well let's boil those tea bags right so then I made a simple syrup simple syrup water blueberry tea and some lemon, when I tell you, better than Kool-Aid, better than oh, anything. Um, a part of the reason why black folks, we still drink red Kool-Aid to this day, I think, is because um, back in the day, hibiscus uh, tea and hibiscus flowers, that's what was that's what our ancestors ate. And it's red. Um, so, it's, unfortunately, we have uh, 
continued that tradition in the form of Kool-Aid. It's not something I don't I don't like Kool-Aid anymore. But I'm like, this is actually how our ancestors did it. That's how we did it. We just made it ourselves out of what was literally around that we saw for us to eat. So Oh. Okay. And I make hibiscus tea all the time. Like that's my thing. I feel like it feeds my soul. Like mm. my my blood vessels are happy when I mm. when I drink it, and I make it for other people. And it's almost like it's almost like our genetic code is awakened. Like ah, this is what yes you know, is embedded in us. So yes. Yeah, it's like um, when you drink it, the ancestors are like, I don't know, they're around you. I, I completely understand. So I, I think that's fantastic that you agree with me on that, on all of that. With your, you, you're doing virtual cooking classes, right? Okay, so why did you decide to do that? Because you've been doing them for a while. Um, there's a lot of people doing virtual cooking classes, but what brought you to it? So mm-hmm. I mentioned when I stopped um, modeling and I got quiet, meditated, what is my next step? Because I've always been doing two or three things mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, it's not just the one thing. I was always working in the corporate world up until about two years ago. But no, it's been longer than that. It's been more like uh, five years now. Um, so that's how the name of my company came about. I just kind of got quiet and got still and meditated on it. And I literally heard the words culinary kisses. And it makes sense because culinary is tied to food and kisses is tied mm-hmm. to love. Mm-hmm. When you think about my family, you know, when mm-hmm. we're in the kitchen cooking, that's one of the ways that we define love is we prepare food for one another. You know, when someone passes away in the African-American community, what do we do? We take food to the people and say, hey, we're here. We mm-hmm. love you. This is to help your family and your time of need. So that's how the name came about. But as far as the virtual cooking, yes. that literally came to me in a dream. Um, I was trying to think of something to do. I wanted to stand out. You know, there's a lot of people doing food. I wanted something different, but still um, engaged people in a different way, you know. And that's how it came to me. Like, when I did it and I did the research, there was literally no one else doing it. That was eight years ago. That was eight years ago. I actually used a platform from a company that was, in Europe, because we didn't even have the platform ready here in the U.S. Um, so when Zoom came along, I was one of the first people to start using Zoom because I'm like, oh, finally, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I can kind of get exactly what I want um, in a platform to actually provide this service. Um, so I used a European company for two years. Mm-hmm. Zoom came about, I started using them. And here with the coronavirus, you know, everyone's doing everything virtual now. So I'm so happy to see um, it's becoming, or it has become mainstream. But yeah, I was one of the, the very first chefs to do uh, virtual cooking classes. I, I do different series, so sometimes I'll do a plant-based series. Um, sometimes I'll do a paleo series. Sometimes I'll just do, like, a dessert series. You know, like you said, people usually have stuff in their pantry and they don't even realize that they have everything that mm-hmm. they have to make brownies, for example, like what you said. Um, sometimes I'll do a series paleo or, you know, taking regular foods and making them healthy. Um, but still taste good, of course. Um, last night I just started a series uh, with a chef in Spain. Um, so, again, to the best of my knowledge, this is the first collaboration and I call it a, a transatlantic culinary event. <laughs> so I'm instructing people here in my uh, kitchen. He's in Spain and Barcelona specifically instructing people from his kitchen and we collabed on the menu and we literally co-taught the class. And we had people from California, from Florida, Rhode Island, other people from Michigan. Um, we had some people from Cape Town um, in South Africa. So it's it's wonderful for all of us all over the world to come together through Zoom and we're laughing and talking and cooking 
entertainment, it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And again, that was something else that just kind of came to me. You know, when you get quiet and you get still and meditate, um, to actually start offering those um, collaborations with you know, people across the pond. So we, we launched last night, and it was an epic event. It was awesome. I can't wait to for the next class. We got classes planned out for the rest of the year, and there's more to come. Um, I've traveled all over, so I'm, I'm literally um, lining up uh, different chefs, um, for example, California, um, wow. Louisiana. Wow. Um, I, I want to get in touch with a, a chef that I know in the Caribbean, um, another chef that I know in wow. um, Tanzania, uh, Africa. So I'm, I'm bringing together all of these chefs and I'm cooking with them through Zoom and people all over the world are, are participating in the classes. So I'm really excited about that program. That's really cool. And now with your Zoom classes, um, so you're doing basically you're doing them privately, right? Well, anybody can anybody can um, be a part of the classes. Oh, okay. Go to my yeah, no, they're not private. They're open to anybody. Anybody who wants to join in on the fun. Okay, I thought it was like you had to get on an email list and then you email email out the link for them to get onto the class. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So you're yeah, pretty much. Anybody can join. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do require people to register though, um, so they have to register to get in on the class. And, I mean, I do have an email list and mm-hmm. I do ask people out. You know, so if you kind of want to be the first to know about it, um, you can go to my website culinarykiss.com and sign up for our newsletter. But um, you can just you don't have to be affiliated with culinary kisses at all. You can just register for the class and. And come on and have some fun with us. With um, one thing that I folk, I like to, to talk about with um, a lot of the business owners that I interview for the show, I I I come into um, business owners that they they think that community outreach is important. Um, you mentioned on our previous call that you you do cooking camps with children. Um, do you mind explaining just a little bit about what those are and how they came about? Um, I used to be the uh, lead culinary educator for a nonprofit company, um, actually a nonprofit of a Fortune 500 company, and I traveled all over the U.S. doing um, healthy cooking demonstrations and nutrition talks for them. Um, it was a, a very large platform. There are times when I'm, I'm cooking and uh, talking in front of a group of 100 plus people, like standing room only, and. I um, started doing cooking classes uh, through them with kids in the community, and it just kind of uh, happened. Someone called me and like, we have these classes and we need somebody to teach them because our instructor bailed at the last minute. And when she called me, I was like literally planning for my own wedding, and she had already had this laid out plan and no one to teach it. So I said, okay, perfect class to start. They literally started the very next day after I got home from my honeymoon, and I didn't get home until like 1 a.m. from my honeymoon. And I agreed to do it, and because um, I love working with kids. Hmm. I've been around kids all my life. Even when I was modeling, I taught little kids modeling and etiquette classes. Um, so working with kids is like second nature to me. And when I started teaching these kids, it's just, you know, the, 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 again, it goes back to the light in someone's eyes. And then they have this sense of accomplishment when they finish a dish. And there's something about power that, power that kids, kids get when they prepare something on their own. You know, they can be like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't eat that. And they're like, oh, you know, little Johnny doesn't like such and such. The little Johnny got in the kitchen and actually made something with you, like prepared the food. Little Johnny is so proud, and he made that dish. He's gonna eat all that food, you know. So it's it's that light. The parents are telling me I can never get them to eat this at home. Like I can't believe they're eating it here. Um, I try to bring in other parts of school. Like you know, this is science. This is math, and actually incorporate that into cooking. Um, so I just I I like to me that's my way of kind of pouring into the future, like the next generation, um, but doing it in a fun, interactive, and and group environment. Mm-hmm. So now I offer classes. Well, I did before 
really great and I, I like that you you mentioned um you're teaching them more than just cooking skills there are a lot of cooking skills I mean not a lot of skills that come with cooking even fractions and percentages are also um in cooking and uh convert if you have I don't know you probably make your own recipes but if someone's looking at a recipe from that's not in the United States they're looking at a completely different system of how to weigh their um their ingredients so I think it's yeah, I think those are so so many good things that children can pick up and carry on um, with throughout their lives. And also, I think that they're probably eating it because they made it. Um, I think that's why the children are eating things that they've never made before. Because sometimes they see, come, you know, they say, oh, mom, I'm hungry. And then she'll come out with something that they've never seen before. And they're like, I'm not going to touch that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but when they see it, when they, you know, when they make it themselves then they will probably eat it because they know exactly what went in it. And also there's a little bit of pride there. So um, it boosts their confidence as well. I think it's great that you're doing that with children. Yeah, yeah. And I even like taking them to the grocery store. Oh. Grocery store. You know? So even, and it ties back into that whole plant-based thing. Like if you just shop the perimeter of the store, then that's where you're going to get your freshest ingredients. Yep. Also, um, Eve, that I think that is true. Shopping the perimeter for people who eat meat, uh, that's this is the same truth there as well. Um, not for just those who don't eat meat. Shop the perimeter, even if you're buying fish or beef or chicken. Yes, yes, that's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. And a lot of people. Another thing I want to bring up too is people think eating healthy has to be expensive, right? Um, yeah. It Yep. You know, if one week broccoli is on sale and the next week cauliflower or collard greens are on sale, yep. the chocolate's on sale, it's the perimeter and you'll be fine. Even with the meat, like if they just get the meat that's on sale that week, you know, and mm-hmm. there's something with that. Next week, there's chicken. The next week, it's fish, you know. So I, I recommend that as the number one staple because people ask me that all the time. It's the two things that they're concerned about, the flavor and the cost. Yep. Those are the two things that I think really hold us back from adapting um, healthier eating habits. So it doesn't have to be expensive, and it it can taste good. So those are my my two staples that I try to um, get people to realize. And usually it's it's hands on. You know, you can talk to somebody and say something, oh yeah, whatever. But if you can show them like literally that you can do this, they're like, oh. Yeah, and um, I've even had friends reach out to me and say, oh, Tiara, can you, I don't know what to buy. I want to, you know, get my health under control, but I, I don't know what to buy in the grocery store. Like, what do I get? 
and I'm like just shot the perimeter they're like what and it takes me sometimes actually going to the store with them and showing them okay we're shopping the perimeter they're saying oh I want to go get the cereal no don't get that we're going to shop the perimeter if you want some cereal we can get some oatmeal <laughs> but that's it and then if you want some flavor in it we're going to put some fruit in it and there's your oatmeal right there I mean your cereal right there so it doesn't I think um it doesn't to me eating healthy doesn't have to be requires so much thought and also when you when you talked about um um eating in the aisles gets complicated it's the same thing when you're trying to eat healthy and save money eating in the aisles also gets complicated organic processed food is very expensive I don't necessarily know why, but, um, I mean, I, I kind of do know why, but it's very expensive. Um, I'm not sh- I don't think Michigan has a, a sprouts. Do you guys have sprouts in Michigan yet? Um, I think we do. Okay. Um, well, you know, they have, they have a lot of bulk items. Um, well, you can get a lot of things for bulk. And also I think, um, people should buy their things in bulk, um, like beans and rice and just, those are just essentials in every... Everything that you get, like like the stuff, like you said, shopping, um, shopping what's on sale, that stuff basically is garnish for the bulk items that you get. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It does. It does. And, you know, even if you can't do everything organic, then just stick to the sales, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, always keep a couple of lists with you. So every year, um, these lists are put out or the dirty dozen. Oh. The dirty dozen are 12 I've, I've never heard of that. I'm going to yeah. definitely look that up. Yeah. That's really cool. Yes. Huh. Yeah, definitely look those up. It's the Dirty Dozen mm-hmm. and the Clean 15. Wow. Okay, so yeah. now, um, so I'm sure these are all principles that you're teaching with culinary kisses. And I, I know, I'm pretty sure this, this information is in your book. Pretty sure about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of your, yeah. any of your books. Um where do you see culinary kisses in about five years from now? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally have five, five different cookbooks I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. I have a gazillion recipes either sketched out somewhere or typed out on my computer or in my head. Um, <laughs> so I have a lot of recipes. Because I love to travel a lot, I, I like to study food authentically from whatever origin it comes from. Mm-hmm. And then figure out how to, again, keep that authentic flavor, but do it simply. Um, so I'm literally coming out with an African cookbook. Um, I'm coming out with a book that across the wow. years of cooking for different people, these have always been foods that people love. Mm. So it's like food from the heart, food from the
design my own uh, aprons, you know, and that comes from, I think, the modeling world. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of bring that back into uh, high-end modeling. I feel like somewhere down the line I'm going to model again. I don't know when, where, how that's going to evolve, but I feel like I feel like there's still a little bit of that somewhere. I just don't know where. Um, so, yeah, it's mainly just the classes and the cookbook. Just trying to reach as many people as I can. I love that interaction. Just sitting down and talking with someone and just having a conversation about food. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Mr. Anthony Restesol is one of those people that just to sit down with anybody and, and talk and have a conversation. I really admired him for that. Um, so I have like my favorite my favorite chef. One is Marcus Anderson. I've met him a couple of times, and he is my 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 favorite chef by far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love what he does with food and his his compassion for people. Um, so I just want to be more uh, in tune with with people. I just want to help people be in tune with people and try to do the best I can in educating people about healthy eating. And there's ways to do it when you're not in the kitchen for two or three hours and it's still going to taste great. Mm-hmm. Kind of spreading the word just to me. When you do that, you're empowering people. You give people a chance to recover from health issues that mm-hmm. otherwise could have killed them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about it's always about other people, no matter what. So I'm I'm serving in that area. That's my way to serve right now, and I I I take it with honor. Yeah, I'm sure you're aware of everything that's um going on in our country. Um, yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of like we're fighting um, we're fighting a virus. Well, actually, we're fighting two viruses. Yeah. Um, one is Corona, and the other yeah. one is racism. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um, do you, I'm not sure how, well, for, for starters, um, how are, how are you managing what's going on? It's, um, with anything, I think it's difficult and challenging, especially nowadays where news is everywhere. You turn on the TV, it's this I, I worked in healthcare for about five years and um, this is something I've been telling people whenever I can get their ear um, it's not just the pre-existing conditions it's kind of like there's like I guess you can say an, in, an internal point system when you check into a hospital um, you get say you know you check in you have to put your information on the, on the form right um, they also ask your parents health conditions right um and then they also ask your race right um 
with this point system, it's like, okay, being a minority is a point against you as far as what your health outcomes will look like. The numbers are there. Health, health workers, they know that. And also, if you have parents who have certain health conditions, I call them all the sugars. When I say the sugars, I mean hypertension, diabetes, blood pressure. You can keep naming them. Um, if you're, if you're, if, say if both of your parents have the sugars, um, even if you don't have anything, it's still a mark against you, right? A point against you. So all of these, and then if you're a woman, it's a point, a point against you as well. Although women are actually surviving the, the virus more than men are. But all of these things on top of the um, implicit bias, we are not, we don't get prioritized when, when we're in the hospitals at all because of these things that, okay, well, this part, they have this, they have this, they have this. Okay. They probably won't be able to make it. What do they do for their job? Okay. What are they married? Okay. That's if you're, if you're not married, it's a point against you as well. So this, I don't think it's just the, the, um, the, conditions that we come in with I think it is the implicit bias as well as the fact that not being white is a point against you as well so and I th I think that's something that no one is saying that's something that happens in the medical field um I've seen patients get denied for transplants because of these things so I think um I think that is something that needs to definitely be said. And also, um, I'm glad we're talking about food because people have been saying, oh, if you take this, if you drink this, if you do this, I'm like, look, we should have already been rethinking, I rethinking our health in general. Like for, I know that the growing, the largest growing, uh, demographic of vegans are black people in America. But I think that since we know what's going to happen, we need to avoid the do everything we can to avoid getting into the hospital. So <laughs> that means if you got to change your diet right now, you need to change your diet right now and after. If you need to, if you need to do more exercises, you need to do more exercises before and after. When this started, I actually, I went around. I was calling my family, and I said, "Okay, you you need to do the family forty." So that meant. I had my mom, my sisters, my dad, my stepdad, everybody doing 40 jumping jacks a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I said, look, your lungs need to be strong. And if you just do 40 jumping jacks a day, that gives you a little bit of something, you know, rather than just sitting. We're in quarantine. You ain't got to sit the whole time or, you know, be, do something in some way. So, you know, I, um, I think that's something that need, we need to rethink. And also when it comes to us being outside and, um, with these protests, um, I, I, I don't know what people need other than milk. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not, yeah, it's a lot going on and I'm perplexed by it. I just wanted to know what your thoughts were, and I'm, I'm happy that we've been talking about health in the black community um, because um, the the health of the black community will have an effect on the health of the black economy as well. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes it does. And that's, that's one thing that we can't buy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You can have all the money in the world, yep. but your health is gone, that's Mm -hmm. We're in a time and age where people want stuff now. It's instant. Yes. Like, you know, I wanted something a minute ago, so I should have had it last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I want something now, so maybe I'll get it in a month, you know. And I think we need to just slow down and realize if the little bitty changes we make today have a grand effect on the outcome of tomorrow. Yes. Once you 
Before you, before you know it, it will be like, just like walking. You won't have to think about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And before you know it, you're gonna wake up in the morning and you're gonna look at yourself in the mirror and you're gonna go, "Oh, is that me?" Oh man, yeah, I definitely get that. Well, I think that is yeah. a, a great place for us to, for us to actually close off. Thank you so much. I truly enjoyed this conversation. Um. Is there anything else that you would like to plug um, other than your website and all of that? Is there anything else that you would like to say? Um, no, I, I really appreciate the time and opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. I hope people check out my, my cookbook, uh, From the Catwalk to the Kitchen, a yes. collection of healthy southern recipes. And it's literally for everybody, but it's, um, trust me when I say when you follow these, these recipes and the outcome you will be pleased with, um, you can reach me anywhere on social media at the handle at Culinary Kisses. Um, it's the same name across the board. I have YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, TikTok, you know, you name it, I'm there. And um, just continued support, um, continued love for our family and our communities. And like I said, we can do anything when we put our mind to it. And we can, we can definitely make a commitment to ourselves and Yes. Very well said. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I really, really, really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you guys once again for listening. Happy Juneteenth. If you want to reach out to Chef Angela Michelle, you can find her at culinarykisses.com or on any social media. It's Culinary Kisses. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at Tea for the Queen, or you can just leave a comment in your review. Please remember to review and subscribe and share the show. Uh, happy Juneteenth. Uh, share this with someone. Make sure you support Black Owned Business today. And yeah, go in grace.